1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people
2: today. You've never seen anything like it. Central Milton Keynes. You've never been anywhere like it. Sharp as it should be until you've been
1: to central milton Keynes. i just came back from winning they can never say i'd lost how are you gonna fake on social talk about folk you talk too much and i'd rather be 80 year old me than 20 year old you Till I'm hitting old age, still can fill a whole page with a 10 year old's rage. Got more fans than you in your own city,
2: Lil' Kitty, go play. Feel like I'm babysitting Lil' Tay. Gucci, Gucci, baby. And that's the way I
1: like it. That's the way that I like it.
0: Gucci, Gucci! <laughs>
3: goochie goochie aha gooch. uh-huh. running down the wing aha uh-huh. passes to the king aha uh-huh. all the sudden sing aha uh-huh. Linden gooch hello everyone and welcome back to the rocker report podcast where um, that isn't the chant that never quite took off but, you know, I, I tried, and, th- and that's all that's, that's all that matters. What's uh, far more important is that some that have won again away to MK Dons yesterday, courtesy, of course, of Lyndon Gooch, hence the uh, feeble attempt at a chant for the intro. You are listening to The Roker Report in association with Vogue's Brewery. I'm Alex, your host, and you are joined today by
0: Sam. How are you doing, Sam? Oh, I'm good, mate. very much enjoyed that intro.
3: Thanks for that. Hi, you're welcome. You know, I'm, I'm, you know something can sing, something can dance, some can do that. I am the latter, so... Exactly. I'm also joined by Dan. How are you doing, Dan? I'm also fantastic for hearing that as well. I think like you own the stage. Oh, thank you. Through the boot camp. You know, Is it like Britain's Got Talent, where they have like that golden buzzer, the one where like you press yes. it and then you go yeah. through to the next one automatically? Well, I, I'd like to think if we had one of those, then then that would have been pressed. Anyway, Gav's also here today.
1: Yeah, fair me. enough.
3: Thanks, Gav. Well, you <laughs> know, yeah, there has to be the devil's advocate on the on the panel, doesn't there? You know, there has to be the Simon Cowell. Yeah. So Jason,
1: off. Uh, what one's he on? Dancing on ice. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, don't, want, I don't. There's want always cavernies. an evil one, isn't
3: there? Yeah. Well, there has to be, doesn't it? It's for the personality, like yeah. that. That block of uh, strictly come dancing. You know, no. the really like, Claire, no, the Claire really no. sassy one. What's he called? Craig. Claire? No. Craig, Craig, Craig Revel Horwood. Yeah. Craig Revel. Why don't that
1: bother? We both knew that it mate. It is. Isn't isn't it? I'm pleased I didn't. I know. I
3: actually did know, but I was deliberately nonchalant <laughs> there, hoping that you guys would say the name instead. Fair but play. Not something. Not my first rodeo. Doing this kind of terrible intro for a pod but let's talk about the game itself for those of you who have the displeasure of not watching Sunderland yesterday we won 1-0 away from home in a fairly unremarkable fairly cagey game at the Stadium MK um, quite a turgid rough first half so Sunderland to be honest look maybe overall second best to the home team who were quite ruthless in midfield and put together some decent attack and moves which um, thankfully lacked a final ball allowing our defenders to mop up the danger with ease. On the attack ourselves, the closest we came was a absolute sitter missed by Alim Turk, who hit the ball with what many would presume to be his wrong foot to somehow put it wide from about three yards out. Probably easier to score than miss, but hey-ho, thankfully we've got strikers and wingers that can do the same job, because Lyndon Gooch, in the second half, from outside the box, beats one man, drags it across towards the middle, not describing this very well. Takes a lovely okay. shot, finds the back of the net. Job's a good one. Mk Dons don't reply. Sunderland win one nil. So let's talk about the game itself. Then we'll start with you, Gav. What did you make of that result?
1: Brilliant, really, because I felt for a large portion of the game that it was just going to end nil nil. And to be honest, the lads I was sat with, I said I would be happy with a nil nil because really? it, they'd be they were quite they were playing quite well. And I felt if there were a better team with a decent centre forward, they might have scored. Um, but then as the game went on, we were definitely you know, starting to turn the screw and I thought we were the better team. It reminds a bit of some of the games under Jack Ross when they'd be fairly even and you'd just have McGeady or Maguire just pull an absolute screamer out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, I mean, that's that's defined the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. I think it just shows how confident the team are, how how confident players like Gucci are. I mean, he's been our McGeady this season in the last few weeks. I just think he's been outstanding. He's He's... He's turned up when we've needed him. He's he's the one player in that team who's got quality in abundance. That's his wrong foot. He's cutting on his left foot there. He's wrong foot and put one in the top corner like that. Totally throwing the keeper off. I mean, the keeper was nowhere near it. It's just a a fantastic result. Only because we've played less games, but going into the game, they were were ahead of us in the form table, which shows, you know, how well they've been doing. I think they beat Portsmouth and Oxford recently. Yeah. They were both, you know, up there. So overall you can't complain clean sheet away from home against a team who were in form to put us right back in the race for the promotions you know because going into the game obviously we were outside the playoffs but i think we're now only four or five points off the automatics Mm -hmm. i mean it's it's such a turnaround since boxing day and
3: long way to continue i think it's a vital win as well isn't it when you look at it Mm. really because as you say like they're one of the form teams in the league right now and they looked very well drilled i think if they had nicked a goal there or they've got one in the first half somehow, you know, 1-1 could have potentially have been a fair result given how sort of organised and how disciplined they were playing against us. You look at it as well and given how the other results went, um, is it fair to say, Gav, that, you know, that game was a vital one to win?
1: Oh, massive, massive because we're now in a a, a spell of form which all teams who get promoted need to go through this kind of form where they just win games, bang, 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 like that, Mm -hmm. week after week. And obviously... Next up is a massive game, Doncaster, who are, again, right up there, um, challenging. I know they, were, they weren't were great last time we played them, but it's a Friday night Sky TV game. It's just another massive game, and it was important we, you know, we'll go into it with a win. And to be honest, as, as far as January is concerned, it's important we keep winning, because mm-hmm. we try to sign players, we need to show that we're going to be in the in the mix when it comes to promotion. And, you know, Boxing Day, trying to tempt players to come to Sonnen would have been a lot more difficult than right now, where we're sat in a really favourable position and and look like, with a couple of additions, we could have a real good chance of getting a whole matter of promotion now, which, again, just seems unfathomable. That's the one. (laughs) Um, Considering the position we were in, what, less than a month
0: ago?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think... Uh, having a string of wins like that is just so vital when you've got a a game like Doncaster as you say it's Friday night in front of the Sky cameras they're a formidable but beatable team and you need to go into that game with confidence to ensure you get the result you need had we perhaps have not gotten the results from let's say Wickham and um, NK Dons in the past couple of weeks you know it it might be more of a cagey affair but you know the the confidence is so evident. You know, if, if Lyndon Gooch is playing in that team and perhaps it was earlier in the season when we were just drawing and losing every game, he might have opted just to, to square the ball to power or whoever mm. rather than take the shot on himself. And that is possibly quite telling of the confidence. And it's
1: it's not just the confidence, it's the fact that Gooch has just been given a free role now. Yeah. Under Ross he he was clearly very restricted. He was mm-hmm. playing tight to the touch line trying to cut inside whenever he got the ball, which doesn't suit... I know he scored from cutting inside yesterday, but when he's on the on the side, cutting inside just didn't suit him because his mm-hmm. delivery wasn't consistent enough. And it was clear he was being micromanaged in terms of his role in the team. In this team, him and Maguire have been given... Clearly, just been given the remit. Look, you work hard off the ball, you cover for the full backs when we're defending. But when we're in possession, you go and just cause havoc when mm-hmm. you've got it. And it just suits him to the ground because, to be fair to Gooch, it's the first time... Since he came into the first team, what, under Moyes, where I think he's been played in his proper position. Mm-hmm. When, he, when he was an under-23 player, under-18, he was always a 10 or just off the straight, or sometimes even the centre-forward. He's a forward player, he's not a winger. And th- when, we're now starting to see him playing confidently because he's enjoying his football. He's been told, look, you go and do what you're good at. And mm-hmm. that's, that's carving teams open, scoring goals, running at defenders and making them commit fouls. It, it's, and it's the same for Maguire, Who's just as effective at the minute it's been it's been good to watch and i I was one of partinson's biggest critics. So I say that every pretty much every fan was against Parinson at one point, and I just think we do have to hold our hands up and say you know he he's, he's responded well he's been patient he's you know looked at what he was doing wrong he's tried to stick with a team that he knows he can depend on even if we 're not playing well to work hard he's isolated players like McGee who clearly obviously well he obviously wasn't buying into his methods and we're seeing the result that right now on the pitch where the team just looks like a, m- a really strong, cohesive unit. Mm, well put. What did you make of the
0: game, Sam? Echoing what Gav said, really, it's hard not to jump straight at the goal because um, apart from that, not much really happened. I thought I thought we were better in the second half. I feel MK Dons actually played some decent football. They had a lot, a lot more possession, I think. But it, it did, like Gav said, remind us of, I think it was a game last season, I believe it was Wimbledon at home. We hadn't really done much, and then McGeady just gets the ball, cuts in and smashes one into the far corner, and Yeah, you, you take three points, and that's what you need. Although this league's about having a defensive unit and keeping your shape, doing your jobs, you do need them players with a bit of quality to win you nine to 12 points a season, do you know what I mean? But mm. I don't think it was the best game to watch in terms of the standards we've had in recent weeks, but you're never going to hit the highs of scoring three goals in the first 20 minutes of every game, and it was just really important to get the three points and I felt like it It was a massive result yesterday. It just felt like a sort of, not a turning point because I think we've already had the turning point, but it just felt like that match where can we keep going, can we just keep winning and keep the form up and I think Partinson, like I've said, does deserve a lot of credit because I'll happily, happily hold my hands up and say that I was wrong or too impatient maybe, but I just think he's got the right formula and although... Yesterday it seemed a bit more defensive than the last couple of games. It seemed like what we were seeing on the pod when it's not going well at five, and that's what it seemed like. But
1: I think he had sorry to cut in. I think he had to though, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. definitely. I think we had to change the approach in this game because, unlike Wickham and Lincoln, they weren't in form really no. when we were playing them. No. Whereas with with these, the like I said before, they, they were banging form going in the game, and we had to be more wary of the threat. Which to be fair. I'm, I'm presuming we'll look at it and
0: thought let's just stay tight for 45 minutes then turn the screw in the second half which is what we did we we came out much better second half there was a spell where we had like about five corners in a row and we just kept lashing balls into the box you saw the pressing a lot more from particularly Gucci and Maguire in the second half just rush 'cause because the keeper was trying to do sort of short goal kicks and stuff in the second half and we just put them straight under pressure so um
1: what is with that by the way I, I don't League 1 teams trying to play out from the back <laughs> yeah just it I mean, we saw it again, Rochdale against Newcastle in midweek trying to do it, Uh, Mm -hmm. conceded three stupid goals, us against Lincoln, it's just, every time I seem to watch a League One team play now, other than Sunderland, they're trying to do stuff they're not capable of, I just don't don't understand
3: it. Yeah, I feel as well that, I mean, perhaps, you know, I don't want to quote our friend Darius Charles and say that we've got that smug Sunderland presence here, but I feel like when they tried against us as well, um, a lot of teams don't have the minerals for it. You know, the, the, the try and play from the back. And as as you've said there, Sam, you know, your players like Gooch and Maguire are just straight on their case, yeah. closing them down. And, you know, given the obviously the lack of
0: quality in the third tier of English football, you're going to force a lot of errors from stuff like that. So. But you think, you'd have think they'd looked at that, because especially in recent weeks, like the goal Gooch I know it got taken off and scored was just... Like, my dad was saying yesterday, he was watching their keeper and it just made no sense. So he would pass it short, he'd get it back and then he'd hoof it. Yeah. And, then, and you just put yourself under unnecessary pressure for three seconds instead of just hoofing it in the first mm-hmm. place. Well, that's how we got it you know, all
3: against Wickham, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. played yeah. Well, I think not necessarily. I mean, they played like well, I think no, they did try and play from the back, but then they hit a dodgy back pass to the keeper. And then he would just hoof it anyway. Yeah. So it was so. like, why not do that in the first place? But, Honestly, if, if McLaughlin started doing that with Oztek, I'd be yeah. terrified.
0: Like, yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't the ball was a bit of a worry. Like, yeah. I just saw from his two chances. and Some of his overall play when he's on the ball, I do get a bit nervous. Mm-hmm. You know, like when he's the last one back. Yeah. And he takes like three or four touches that don't actually move the ball. And then he'll sort of a short back pass but
3: it's like Wes Brown isn't he? like you know he yeah. is overall reliable at this
0: standard but it's just, you just he has those moments where you just yeah. don't want him anywhere near the ball no like- not at all but he, he looked solid Yes, he made a few sort of good interceptions and slide mm-hmm. blocks and stuff so I think he is suited in the middle of a three because he can just sort of be the one who just defends basically and yeah. gets rid of it which I think suits him a lot so mm-hmm. that's something that Partinson deserves even more credit for he's, he's obviously Took his time to cement his style of football, and it's it's really coming to show now. Hmm. And I think to go back to what we said earlier, um, obviously MK Dons, a team in form,
3: did look quite threatening from midfield when orchestrating attacks. But I think a lot of credit, while obviously most will be, will most will be given quite rightly to Gooch for his goal. I think the defenders deserve a lot of credit as well. You know that uh, that that back three turned back five. That's two clean sheets now in a row. A, a, a vital role has been played there in, in two very big wins. What do you make of that, Dan? How, how much credit do you think the defenders deserve?
2: Um, loads of credit. I think, for me, the most pleasing things about yesterday's performance is uh, having a clean sheet. I mean, you think about last season, all the 1-1 draws and all the last-minute goals. And for me, going into the game and certainly watching the first part of it, it felt like it had a draw written yeah. all over it. I thought, oh, here we go, it's 0-0, it's going to be 1-1, or they going to snatch one back? So say he's getting another clean sheet, I think that's a huge positive and a massive step forward. I think probably Parkinson's biggest um, thing since he's came in, and I was all with you, I was on the Parkinson out bandwagon, just what feels like a very short time ago and now I'm Parkinson very much in. <laughs> Not that I'm a fair weather Parkinson fan, of course, is the fitness coach that he brought in. You can just tell that they're a lot yeah. fitter. The players, even the defenders, are more comfortable on the ball. And you don't have that nervousness anymore. in like the last part of the game about us dropping off and them coming through and scoring a goal, we just seem to be more focused. Um, and he's tactically for the last few games, in particular, yes, he was absolutely spot on with these tactics as well. He, the, as you rightly said, Sam, for the first part of the game, he was a bit more cautious. And then the second half, he switched it up as well, which is the right uh, the right approach. Soak up that pressure and then have that fitness to be able to carry it through. So overall, an excellent performance. Really puts us in the stead. For uh, the rest of the season. I think now we've got a game in hand, haven't we? And what yeah, six points I think off the uh, automatic promotion. I'm so a, something like that. Six or five,
0: isn't I it? I think it's six mm. off top and four off second. Yeah, something, something like that.
3: That's it. Yeah, it is. I mean, if you hadn't if you'd have lost that game of day, for example, I mean obviously Thankfully, we didn't. But that would have put you back outside the playoffs again. Yeah. And I think even even a draw in Portsmouth would have been ahead of you. So Yeah, the
0: Portsmouth were ahead when they were winning and we were drawing. Yeah. We were in seventh to to like.
1: be honest, at this stage, I'm kind of not looking too much at what everyone else is doing. No. I just think if we just keep playing like we are, we'll find our place. Yeah.
3: Know, I mean, I, I kind of can't help but be a bit yeah. annoyed when Wickham are snatching the last-minute winner. But I think it's Still
1: a lot of football to go, isn't it? Yeah.
3: yeah. Maybe if the teams around us were all just continuing to lose and be out of form you know life might seem a bit too easy you know mm. nothing's going to go that swimmingly no matter what division you're in no matter how no. good you are but although,
1: although to, one one thing which maybe hasn't been considered is that with it being January and we're getting towards the end of the month a lot of the smaller clubs in the division well to be honest pretty much everyone but us I think are probably going to be looking over the shoulder worried they lose, <sighs> lose their best players mm-hmm. before the end of the month I mean the Madison's most likely to leave Peterborough and they're you know not in great form at the minute and he's probably their best player and the main supply line to the strikers they could lose him Oxford's got uh, a couple of clubs sniffing around Brannigan and Burton are worried about losing Boyce to us anyone with a decent player now mm-hmm. is on high alert because they're going to they're gonna most likely going to lose him especially as Teams get more desperate, and championship clubs, low end championship clubs, Mm -hmm. uh, are going to be looking at League One teams and thinking, "Can we can we nab somebody on a bargain here? Somebody who's maybe got six months left of the contract, Mm -hmm. Uh, like perhaps we are with Boyce, you know."
3: Well, um, I was going to say as well. Speaking of that, obviously John McLaughlin's one of those players that sort of fits that demographic you're talking about there, and being
1: being linked to Blackburn Blackburn, this morning, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: How do we feel about that? W- I'd we? be I'd be fine with it to be honest. I mean yeah. he's, I think last season he was excellent for us. He put in some fantastic displays, um, some of the saves were like tremendous. This season he's been just not quite with it, a bit off the boil. Yeah. When Burge came in, I felt that he was as yeah. good as is McLaughlin was. Yeah. So think, for me I wouldn't mind losing him.
1: No, I think I think as the form of the team's picked up, so's his. Um and he does deserve credit for the last few games, but I would be pretty confident if we sold him. That Burge would be good enough. Yeah. I've seen him, mm-hmm. and you know, there's. I think I think they're pretty aware of the fact he could leave because that's probably why they've got Anik training. Yeah, I had him. I don't know if he still is, but he was training with the club. Which mm-hmm. you know, if if McLaughlin goes, you just promote Burge to number one and bring in a backup.
3: You do, you yeah. Know? And I think we've seen enough of Lee Burge to uh, to think that you know he's a, a replacement that will be probably equal to or better than his predecessor. So I don't think we'll be too bothered. And I, I don't want to knock McLaughlin too much as well, but I think. Um, in the recent run of games, he's probably had the least significant contribution to the wins. Really, I mean, mm. he was under virtually no pressure at Wickham. I mean, he made some good last minute saves, but you know, if he lets that in, it's four one. I can't it's... think of a save he made yesterday. Yeah, the... I don't, I don't, I don't think he needed to at no, all. No. no, I think he had one shot straight at him from outside the box. He looked. I can't name a save he made. I mean, that, that, yeah,
1: that's not. I mean, we can't downplay his importance. There's a reason championship teams are in for him. He's an experienced player who. Mm-hmm. Um, has you know picked his form back up, and he's, you know, a leader as well, mm-hmm. quite a strong voice on the pitch. Uh, you can't downplay that. I, I'm not for one minute saying would benefit from losing him. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it would be a massive blow if we did. No. And if we if we get enough, I, I don't know what sort of money they're talking, but they reckon we turned down 1.7 million from from Millwall last year when they were interested. I mean, if you're looking at around a million or half a million in the last six months of his contract, uh, then
2: I would be. Inclined to sell him, if I'm yeah. honest. We didn't pay anything for him either, did we? No, a free, no. So.
1: But Apparently, he does this a lot. He runs his contracts down everywhere he goes. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's it's
2: just something he does. As a, I think he's uh, been in about six different Scottish clubs. So yeah, <laughs> so that's yeah, he, he was,
1: right. We got him from Hearts. Before that, he was at. was it Hibbs? Wasn't he for a bit? Or no, no, no. He was at Burton. He was at Bradford, yeah, when, was with a, with Parkinson. funnily. Uh-huh. he's been he's been at quite a few clubs where he's just let his deal run down. Yeah. Uh, And and I mean, if he's not committed and he fancies a move, then you would just, you know, shake his hand and say good luck, you know?
3: It it seems like at this moment of time, talking, of course, because hindsight's always a wonderful thing. It does seem like that the most, um, it's in the best sort of financial interests that if we were to get an offer in the region of maybe one million, one, you know, even
1: half a million, to be honest. Yeah. That buys you a good player at this level. It it does, it does, absolutely. Get gets you laying voice, doesn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And for six months on a contract. at this level, half a million is mm-hmm. a lot of money, like, yeah. If, as long as you can bring in a
3: satisfactory number two for League One, then to be honest, be ben, Alec, with
0: ben Alec, I know he's got like
1: a, a checkered history when it comes to Sunderland but, mm-hmm. but he's worked with Parkinson before. And if he's ha- he's from up here, if he's happy to be a number two, and we'll get him for now for the rest of the season, that's fine. That's it, isn't it? If yeah. we get promoted, we'll be looking for a, a stronger replacement, won't we? Of course, yeah. Um, some some positions just aren't a priority. No, and I, and I think maybe goal, losing McLaughlin when you've already got a decent understudy uh, wouldn't be a massive, yeah. massive deal.
3: I mean, is this table made of wood? I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, Lee, Lee Burge. Uh, from what I've seen of him, has played very well. You know, in the cup games, I thought he's he's been excellent against the likes of United, Sheffield United, and uh, Burnley. Yeah. I think his distribution is better than McLaughlin's. I think I think in a lot of I think he'd be a very just a very solid replacement, you know, for the rest of the I was, season. I was going
1: to say that he's he's got good feet. Um, yeah, he's a bit. Uh, that that's when even when McLaughlin was playing really well last season, my main criticism of him was he's just distribution isn't great. Yeah, I think that's him. probably why he's never played much higher than the championship because with his feet he's not great. Um, not that he has to be. Like, like I was saying earlier, some League One teams don't have the players to play out from the back. Mm-hmm. But I think Burge, you could maybe be a bit more comfortable with him distributing the ball yeah. with his feet.
3: If, the, if that ball was going to, to Jordan Willis, I would say yes, but yeah. I don't know, Lynch and Ozturk don't <laughs> no, inspire the most confidence in me with stuff no. like that, but anyway, getting on to the fan questions now, we asked on social media for some questions from our listeners and the first one from Jason Beatty says, I've noticed Parkinson doesn't make too many substitutions, what do you think is the reason for this and do you think this is risky?
2: I would say he's got a sort of set in mind in terms of what his tactics are and setting up those players for it, mm. so... I think as long as um, the fitness level's there and or, yeah. yeah, and as long as like we say oh, yesterday where they're all to the man for the full 90 minutes on it I don't see there being an issue at all with no, not making it, substitutions. It's not like we've got a
1: wealth of great yeah. options to bring on I mean Lafferty was a he did have a contribution because he was the one who put the ball across for Turk when yeah. he missed that sitter mm-hmm. that was a header wasn't it yeah. uh, that was Lafferty and I think I think he might have been involved oh he had a shot didn't he, he which did. just went over the bar um, which a little bit more than Wyke had to do. I know Wyke had one cleared off the line, but uh, that was a change that it was the right time to make it. And uh, Quite often with Partinson, I worry about the timing of his substitutions because he can wait a bit too long sometimes, mm. but yesterday it made sense just to keep it tight because the re- there's a reason he keeps picking the same players. It's because those are the 11 players he has the most trust in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And...
2: Changing for the changing's sake sometimes isn't worth it especially when they're, they're a lot fitter now mm-hmm. I'm going back to what we were saying at the start Gooch and Maguire have just been pulling things out from thin air yeah. all season so why would you want to take them off when anything could happen with them on the pitch S- especially when the the only replacement is Watmore who does nothing when he comes on he runs around like a headless chicken he's, that's it that's really it
1: yeah. I mean, he, I don't like pan players especially hard working ones because he does graft like but he, he hasn't even got a step over in him. he's so predictable oh, yeah. so easy to I mean The only time he's ever effective really is when a team's really tired late in the game Mm -hmm. and you maybe throw it over the top and, you you know, take a few risks.
3: But at that point in the game, Parkinson making his subs when he does would then be justified because obviously if he's leaving his subs late, you probably would want Watmore on 85 minutes and you wouldn't want him on 70 for Lyndon Gooch because, as you say there, Gooch has got that, you know, moment of class in him, whereas Watmore puts his head down and runs to the byline. And I think Wiley obviously does have something about him, it's... It's something about them that's quite one-dimensional, and yeah, I think once it, the fullback adapts to that, they've kind of got him. It, really,
1: it's more taking the risk to hire him on because when you're winning one-nil, you don't want a player on the pitch who keeps giving the ball away like he does. So if you if you're drawn nil-nil and you really want to get back and mm-hmm. uh, try and get a, a late goal, or you're getting beat, fine, throw what more on. But when you're yeah. one-nil up, uh, there's no real point. And then what other subs is it to make other than that? In his nah. defense,
3: though, what more? He was always in, he was always naturally a striker, wasn't he? Like that's, that's always where he I, played.
1: I, I, why his finishing's poor. I don't know. I don't know what he's good at. I, don't I think he's finishing's at, at, all
0: right. He's he? good at running, mm. but sort of final he's touch, product. He's touch. Yeah, he
1: had, the problem for me is, is when you're a when you're a wide player, you have to be able to change direction quickly. Mm-hmm. And he's a quick player, but he can't he doesn't he, he hasn't even got a step over in him to change no. direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's he's very one footed and, and runs in straight lines. Yeah. So where, where's his best position? <laughs> it's I think he's like, just
2: really regressed since he's had all these injuries, hasn't he? Because when he yeah. first came on the scene, he looked like a really bright prospect, mm-hmm. and then every injury he has just seems to deplete him more and more to the point now mm-hmm. where I don't really see where he fits in.
1: And he's been deemed untrustworthy as a player, really, when you think of it, because you can't guarantee he's going to get you're going to get ninety minutes out of him. So the managers, the the last two managers have both had to like treat him with kid gloves, really, and and try and ease him in, give him a few minutes here and there, but it's not helping him. Because he's not making any progress. Mm-hmm. Is there an argument to be made then? Well, perhaps not an argument. Maybe more of
3: just a proposition that we, we should be looking, getting a winger in sooner rather than later.
1: Absolutely. Because yeah. I
3: mean, I mean, what's that blog called? Who he went from I think Bristol City to Rotherham? A Is that what he's called? Yeah. 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 There. Yeah. A Ad- 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 Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, I didn't see the full game, but I watched it on Quest last night, and he. he got two of the assists for, he? for
1: All right. yeah he hasn't played for two years like no like also, I mean, so
3: obviously the risk's very much yeah. understandable and, and should he now become a very good league one winger it's you know an, another example of wonderful hindsight but
1: well, he's if you're on sun until i die the documentary series there's a um there's a little five minute segment on one of the episodes where glenn snowden goes to watch a game right and it's him the watching and he and he kind of chokes him off because he's wearing gloves i don't know if you remember i remember him. that oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah that's him that's who the watch he's Is playing it? for scunthorpe at the time he can uh, so. all the gloves he wants i mean I mean, <laughs> the, the, to me, I mean again like
3: i say it's one game and it's only the highlights but the deliveries he was putting in for the two goals were like pinpoint it was it was quite nice it was a bit like oviedo's last season i mean obviously i know he's sort of split opinion a bit given how much he was on and you know what the what the return was based on mm. that but you know i always saw Oviedo was a great cross of the ball and that don't quite think we have that at the moment. I mean, I mean, our deliveries aren't bad, absolutely not. No. You know, we're scoring for a reason, but it's I, more
1: it's, isn't isn't it more the depth in that position? I, I think so. It's like yeah. I've just said before, what more is the only other yeah yeah? Like we've even seen McNulty come on as a ten for mm-hmm. Maguire a couple of times in the last few games, just because we don't really have the options. We one what we are missing is a, a quick player with a trick in them.
3: Well, that's it because I, I just feel like if you had a game, if you had like a nightmare game where Gooch and Hume got injured. You suddenly got an entire flank that is just devoid of quality. It, pretty much
1: every position for me. I yeah, think, I mean obviously, Lafferty at know gives us strength up top. Mm-hmm. But I mean, left back, right back, centre half, centre midfield, mm-hmm. and those two ten positions. If we get an injury in any of them positions, who've I mean you're on about centre half replacements. Well, debock played a couple of games there before he mm-hmm. we left. We're back up there. I mean, we know we're meant to be signed by the time this goes out. We might have even signed the lad who from Bristol City. Um, so there's depth coming in there. Left wing back, Hume gets injured. We have nobody. Mm-hmm. Right wing back is Connor McLaughlin, who, I mean, he'd get a nosebleed if he entered the final third. Centre midfield, lead bitter. It's like attack midfield. Embleton's just coming back into training, but I mean, you can't expect him to be able to make no. such a massive impact straight away be in out so long. So it's like we don't have any depth at all. That's the main thing. By the, the, end the, of the only window.
3: depth you have would be players who would... Almost immediately on impact, slow the game down. As you say, McLaughlin there is very defensively Led-Bitter. oriented. Ledbetter's not put like a forward that. pass in years, and mm. I don't, I don't think ever will for his remaining tenure when he plays. <laughs> but I, I mean, I personally looking at it, I think we need definitely. I think wingers have to be the priority to begin with. I think, I think if you had to put Ledbetter on, you could make do. It, you you would you'd be a bit more ponderous, you know, when bringing balls forward from the middle. But, you know, he's, he's dependable enough to, to make do if you needed to. But as we've said there on the wings, if, if you, if you, you Gooch and your Hume get injured, then you, you are going to stagnate going forward. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're going to be, you know, you, it's really going to take the bite out of the team. Are you are going to take the canines out and put two molars in the place instead? Mm-hmm. I, I just think that when they're playing though, and, and this is an issue that even the current team has, when we hit an early cross, like I just know it's getting headed out and that's something yeah. that I've always felt like it was one of my main criticisms when we weren't playing well under Parkinson that you know would just like Ross would try and play from the wings you know would work the ball through would hit the early cross first time and you know who, the, the insert league one defender's name Mark and Charlie White would just knock it out again mm. so I feel like if you had someone who was just a bit more sort of a bit more of a marksman when it came to finding yeah. the, 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 the striker's said, obviously having Lafferty use you know 6 foot 4 is going to help yeah. I, I would imagine he's, but he's huge isn't he yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's a big boy when he came <laughs> on like it does help, do you not know, think, though, when you see what could be from court, well, particularly corners when we're crossing balls into the box when the centre for centre halves get up, we we all we, we seem to have a decent success rate. Mm-hmm. So it does show that the deliveries are good enough. We just need somebody who can get the head on it. Yeah. Um. But I don't know enough about Kyle Lafferty to be able to say with any conviction if he's any good in the air. I know he's big, mm-hmm. but um, he, he strikes me as a bit more of like a, a Peter Crouch type, where he's like freakishly tall, but actually more of a striker you'll see use the ball at his feet and mm-hmm. um i mean i've seen some of his highlights online all of his goals pretty much are like 18 yard box goals yeah, where he's yeah. tapping them in or you know he, he doesn't seem to be your typical target man that's what i'm trying to say
3: yeah um, uh, that that's that's what i saw as well actually funnily enough uh, but even so if you can get like a uh, if, you, if you got an early cross to him or, or when he's livery at, like overhead from outside the box uh, even if he's not the kind of player who's going to like try to knock it in with his head, he can bring it down mm. and then find the space like that. It, it's kind of like what we saw from Kiefer Moore last season when he played yeah. against us. You know, just someone who can... W- once he brings the ball down in the box, you, you, you know he's got a, a possible goal in him because he can work his way past the defenders or whoever and either get the ball to someone who can score, like you try with Ozturk, obviously. Mm. You know, the less said about that, the better. Or or he'll take the shot on himself. But I think certainly um, uh, Lafferty gives us another option, but we're, we're going to need more than just him to add to that squad depth. Another question from uh, Nightwing SAFC says, what's your opinions on the lack of celebration slash emotion on Joel Lynch's face when we scored? Guy acted as if we conceded.
1: Yeah, I had, a, I had a little comment on Twitter about that. I got a bit of stick for bringing it up. I, I think that it was a bit weird. Um, but yeah. then I've seen photos since which showed him joining in, but he's, he just seemed to like, I don't know whether he was knackered because he'd ploughed forward or what. <laughs> he just seemed to like not be arsed. He was. Everyone seemed to sprint towards the corner and he's just like, all right, I turned away. No, I he's not very emotive, is he,
2: in general, Joel Lynch? No. Like, I don't know. Doesn't really bother me, to be fair. No, I, yeah. I, I think the last thing one is a Lynch mob over it.
0: Ha-ha!
2: <laughs> oh, that's got, got that. It. It's well funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I took, took I, I was on a delay
3: there. But yeah, it was, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Sunday, yeah. Alex. It is Sunday. You need another kind of pop. I do, to be honest. Hey, I had that. Sorry, this morning I had me nice, had me nice 5K run. I should be more alert, if anything. But
1: True. Maybe I'm just a bit thick. <laughs> that could be it. Like, but but the point, like what Dan said, that doesn't bother us. To be fair, I just it's just something that I noticed. Like, yeah. I don't think anybody would be overly concerned with it. It's just like, yeah, you kind of. It was a bit weird. I think
0: he must have been knackered because Doncaster, away he he went mental for the second goal, and he proper joined mm. in. So I think it was just mm. a case of he's bombed fifty yards up the pitch. right <laughs> And at the of age a, of 90. <laughs> had a bit of a smile <laughs> inside and then thought, oh, I've got to walk all the way back now. <laughs> Probably just thinking,
1: now oh, I've got if you lot go over there and I'll take a take a quick breather. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to,
3: to be honest though, I mean in in quite a in quite a weird sort of way, that's quite like positively telling of how we commit to like attacks now with our team, like with, yeah, yeah. with the entire team. Because obviously we'll play three at the back. It gives us the option that when we are sort of like when we are bombarding the other team that we can commit a centre-back obviously we tried that with Ozturk Uh, you know again less said about his two chances the better but I'd I'd imagine I would hope on 99 of 100 other days you know that's that's two goals from a a player who you probably couldn't get up otherwise in a a different formation possibly Mm -hmm. if you looked at say you know when when you played with Baldwin and Flanagan at the back last season you always had them back and even then it didn't really benefit you much because when you had like a strong slash pacey slash both player coming up against them it would terrify them both anyway but I think as a defensive unit that can um, contribute offensively and defensively in a much more organised and significant way so
1: it's it's that tried and tested uh management method of accentuating your strengths and hiding your weaknesses isn't it absolutely yeah, yeah. And that, that's what the system affords Sunland is is the ability to play Turk and not be exposed by his lack of pace because he's got Jordan Willis there. Mm-hmm. Play Lynch, who, again, isn't particularly quick, but is very good in the air, and allow for him to cover Hume while he flies forward. The two centre midfielders, I mean, haven't been a massive yeah. Dobson yeah, I'm a power I'm going to stop you
3: there. Just like, keep talking in a second, but the next question's from um, uh, Adam Husband, which is going to answer the question you are literally saying okay. now. That is, thoughts, <laughs> thoughts on the team performance yesterday personally didn't think we played too well however we did get the three points you know yeah
1: yeah i mean as you were it's it's i guess what i said before earlier well earlier on that we had to be a little bit more wary so whilst he says the team performance was good but we didn't play particularly well i guess you've got to look at it more objectively and think what is the definition of playing well i mean obviously steamroller in a team 4-0 who are top of the league is about as good as it gets, but we were never likely to do that yesterday because mm-hmm. MK Dons going into the game were in such good form and we, we had to be more wary of their threat. Because had we ploughed forward like we did against Wickham, pressing high from the off, we could have found ourselves 2-0 down by half time. Which mm-hmm. to be fair, first half they went the, the I think I think it was a tactic that proved to be um the right one because I felt that first half they had a decent number of half chances. Mm-hmm that they got forward down the wings quite well, got crosses into the area, they just weren't able to finish them off and I think obviously by half time we'd recognise, right, okay, we can turn the screw a little bit. Yeah. Um, and it, sometimes you've just got to play like that. Absolutely. So, you know, like I said before, it's it's a case of now that the consistency in the selection of players is helping mm-hmm. a lot because everybody knows their job. They're all starting, well, they're all pretty much in tune with each other which... Under Ross, particularly when he was making three, four changes a game and a bit to find a winning formula, it just didn't work. And sometimes you've got to keep trying, keep trying, keep plugging away until it eventually it clicks. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be what's happened. Yeah, I'm, I'm
2: happy with the team performance overall. Yes, yeah, I don't think there's any qualms about it whatsoever. I no. think no. it was a workmanlike performance. You see that from a lot of top teams when they get into that rhythm, that winning rhythm. Um, remember back in my youth like Arsenal would sort of squeak out those 1-0 wins wouldn't they? and it wouldn't be pretty but they'll be winning and they'll have mm-hmm. that winning mentality and that, that's it. what it's
3: about you've just said it there like obviously it isn't pretty but you've won and not every game is going to be as pretty as a 4-0 home win but ultimately a win's a win was scored and didn't concede I think that would constitute in most cases a good team performance I'd argue as well looking at M- uh or maybe not looking at MK Dons but maybe if I was to put myself in their in their shoes before the game they probably might have thought, right, if we're going to do our homework here, Sunderland, from the last few games they've played, especially their home games of really blind side of the teams they've played, you look at the Lincoln game, the Wickham game, they've played against a team lacking in confidence and went up against such an opponent. They've they've, just, they've gone at them from the off and, you know, they've forced the mistakes, they've got the heads to drop, they've got them panicking and they've got goals that way. But obviously, as we've said uh, on numerous occasions on this pod already, MK Dons not weren't a team in the in the likes of in the form of the likes of Lincoln and Wickham. Mm-hmm. They were in very good form, very high on confidence. So they probably thought, right, Sunderland come at us, we'll soak it up, we'll keep them out, and then we'll hit them on the break. You know, we'll we'll kick the ball off, Power and Dobson, we'll we'll take it away from them. We'll bound forward when they've overcommitted. That's when we'll hit them. And I think, like Gav said, should that have transpired, we probably would be one or two down at half time, but. I think uh, I think we're grateful to Parkinson for that, that obviously he didn't stay as one-dimensional as some teams may have assumed that he would. And that brings us on to our next question from 1973, Mackham. I like how this one's worded. It's uh, very, very poetic. Uh, will humble pie replace the pink slice? <laughs> Sam, we'll go to you. I do, I do love a pink slice, mind, so it's hard to say, but... I think no. you missed the point of the question there. I think you might have, you might have missed the point of the question. It wasn't to be
0: literally interpreted. No, no, I, I know that. I just I just <laughs> like pink slice that much. I just don't, wanna, uh, I don't yeah. want do yeah. to want it. I think I'm the same boat as you. like. Yeah. Kind of, what, I've never a had slice. a pink slice. Oh. What? Never
3: had one. I was In always Italy. having yeah. a
0: little slice, and then I, know. I tried. And now Thank I'm...
3: you, Neil, on his farewell appearance of the Rooker Report
1: podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who's Neil? Neil, Dan. Dan. <laughs> oh, sorry. No,
3: sorry,
1: Dan. I love a pink slice. Oh, I'll have yeah. one today, I promise. You yeah. should Good. I'm trying to, where can you get a pink slice from on a Sunday Sam how are we there used to be a place Sue's calf down oh, I don't I don't know wrote
0: yeah. her the post office next to my school used to do them mm-hmm. oh, oh right. the post office everyone F- knows school. what that is
2: uh.
0: <laughs> why didn't you say yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that knows about 12 different places <laughs> I, don't <know> if, uh, <laughs> I don't want the doors yeah. to be flooded on this Sunday oh, so. fair enough
3: Dylan's like corner shop in like Leachmere SR2 they do them for 70p oh, that's it's what, da- that's decent little that's plug decent. <laughs> you know if you want to sponsor me with a fake as oven
1: do the best ones or the Love Supreme Café. You know, I'm a bit yeah. of a pink slice connoisseur, as you can yeah. tell. <laughs>
3: <laughs> as, as you can tell. Sorry, I mean, I, I made a joke of you saying that by not interpreting the
0: question properly, and as you were. I'm quite hungry now. But um, I think everyone's in the same boat. But from my point of view, when I was sitting on here a month ago, weeks ago, saying about partners and we, you would always sort of end it by saying, I hope he proves us wrong. And I'm just so happy that he has, do you know what I mean? I, I don't care that... I wouldn't say we were wrong because I feel like the results at the time warranted the reaction. I don't mm. think anyone was necessarily overreacting at the time. Maybe there was a lot of patience, but you can't... At the, the time, I think it was warranted. But sure. I feel like now he's dug in and he's. He, it shows he's. he must have been doing a lot of work behind the scenes and a lot of work in between games on tactics, like I've said, until something's clicked. I think I think it is like an easy out to say, oh, I'm eating humble pie now,
1: blah, blah, blah. But like you're right, people were right to be angry because on Boxing Day, after not winning the game for two months, setting up with like seven defenders, eight defenders or whatever it was, everybody was right to be Mm -hmm. raging. Something's changed. Obviously, it was never going to happen overnight where he was going to get the team fit, where he was going to find his best 11. That was never going to happen overnight. But it does feel like something just clicked that whereby... It like it it's just spiraling. It's like it's like a, you know, like a, a giant cannonball rolling down a hill. It just picked up speed. The more the more the games have gone on, we're picking up wins. We're getting better and better, more momentum, more confidence, and uh, yeah, it's fantastic that he's obviously proven us all wrong. And as Sam says, there's no nobody happier than Sonnen fans that he's proven us wrong because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, he's had to do a job as our manager and get us promoted. And the fact that he's shown that he might actually be good enough to get us there is great. Nobody nobody wants to see Phil Partinson fail.
3: No? You no. know? Well, no Sutherland fan does, certainly not. There's not. I don't think there's a single Sunderland fan who when a manager comes in and they want him to fail because they don't like him. You know, if if you you know, if if you want to support your club, then you don't want your club to fail. That's a truth self evident.
0: You know? Yeah, exactly. It's not like if he was still failing we'd be a bit smug inside, would be yeah because of the results on the pitch. It's not about whether you're right or wrong, it's it's just about mm-hmm. suddenly winning games.
3: Yeah. I think, I mean, speaking for myself here, but I think that, you know, watching my team win always takes precedent over whether or not I'm right. Oh, you 100%. know, like if I'm wrong every time, but suddenly are winning the Champions League, that's okay. Like, yeah. that's really just fine. You know, like, let me be wrong forever. Like, I don't mind. But I think, no, I think what, what Gav said there, again, like, absolutely right. I, I, I dare say, and again, you know, I, I can't, I can't, I don't know every single person's opinion here, but. After after the nil nil against Bolton, I, I dare say it was possibly unanimous among the fan base. The Parkinson needed to go. If you'd have kept that form, I, I'm, I'm no I'm no statistician, but if you were to keep that form, that we were on there for the remainder of the season, you'd be in a relegation battle. It 100%. was that it was that bad. It was it was genuinely like it was clinical. How it was cool genuine we were. relegation form, though It was, was, but it
0: wasn't it, just it, this isn't speculating. It no? was, that's why we're seeing like like Gav said. It's it, it's easy now to say, oh yeah, I was wrong, but. I don't necessi- I don't think at all fans were out of line. It wasn't like he came in for three games and would narrowly lost. It was getting to the point where it was mm-hmm. ten times worse than Jack Ross getting sacked. Is not
2: it a bit too early to say that we were wrong though, because he had those that spell of what, nine nine, ten games where he couldn't do anything right? And he's had three or four games where it's been really good and it's been excellent but we don't want to be too fickle and go, yeah, Phil Potlinson's the yeah, greatest thing might. ever. Yeah. I think we just need to take it game by game absolutely, at the minute. Yeah. And if, if in a month's time we're still having those great performances, mm. then absolutely we were totally wrong. But let's not forget how we first started out. So oh, yeah. keep keep an open mind, I would say. And, and you've got to think as well, what how much more different would our mood be today had we
1: lost yesterday? It would have been a right confidence killer. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. you know, I, I seen somebody on social media say it, and they were right. It would have just brought us back to square one because after all that good work, would would have lost a game away from home that, like, although it's a team in form, everyone was, I think deep down, everyone was expecting us to get something yesterday, mm-hmm. so...
3: Plus, it, every it, other result would have gone against us as well. Yeah,
1: it would have really killed the mood. So, you're, you're right. We aren't going to win every game between now and the end of the season, and I think it's probably the right time for us to, as fans to reflect and think we have to think more long-term. So... Parkinson for me has earned the right now to see the season out, regardless of what happens from here. I just think he's he's earned the right to try and get the job done. Mm-hmm. Um, for one, he's proved he's proven that he can overcome a situation that he found himself in, which is as low as any manager <coughs> I can remember. I mean, two occasions he was the, he had the fans chanting from the leave, and quite often that is usually the end point mm-hmm. for a Sunday manager.
3: It felt like against bold for me, it felt that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and I think I think because he's overcame that, he's shown that if we go on another dip of form, not two months long like, but if he goes on another dip of form that he needs to be given the chance mm-hmm. to turn it around again because it's it's just we have to see the season out. He was brought in to get us promoted and until it's mathematically impossible for him to do that, mm-hmm. then I think he needs to be you know, kept in a job and I'll pro- I'll probably you know, I'll probably end up making myself look a fool by saying this now, but I'm on record as saying it. So we have to stick with him. Mm-hmm. We have to give him the season and we have to make sure that our support as fans is strong enough, vocal enough. Our presence at games like yesterday is huge because the players are really responding to the, to the good atmospheres
3: mm-hmm. and it's, it's producing great results. Couldn't have been better said, to be honest, Dab. Absolutely, fully agree. I, I dare say as well, and I mean this might sound like a joke, but I don't think it is. Um, I, I genuinely think now that our perceptions of a failing manager have been coloured by when we had David Moyes. I think now, like when we, if we have a manager now who maybe doesn't look particularly happy and is losing games, we immediately assume it's going to be like Moyes. Yeah. Because I remember, as I, I think, I mean, I made loads of jokes. Uh, sort of, while, well, not jokes, because I, I didn't find it funny. I made loads of quite, you might call them sarky comments about like Parkinson when it was not going so well for him, you know, picking his jumper in interviews, saying things like, oh, if we'd got a 1-1 draw against Gillingham, we would have taken that all day. And I think we mm. said that um, we maybe used our past experiences of David Moyes to make sense of what was happening. And I think yeah. a lot of us just thought, oh, God, this is like having David Moyes again. But obviously, as, as we've clearly seen, there was something going on behind the scenes. Mm. All the while, he was putting the framework together with what we've got now which is clearly a lot better than what we had two months ago. Whereas when we had David Moyes, it was just that the towel was thrown in after Middlesbrough and it was never, never picked back up.
1: It, it's difficult as well to fully judge someone when they're not using their players. Mm-hmm. And I think what Parkinson has done is, with the benefit of having a big squad, he's managed to whittle it down, work out what players actually can fit the system that he likes to play and buy into the the methods, which I, I presume when it comes to Parkinson, he wants players who will just run themselves into the ground and train hard every day. Um, and hopefully, with another three or four signings, we're going to we're gonna see an improvement on this mm-hmm. again. Because added competition for places is going to make us better. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm convinced of that. And I think, especially when you're seeing the likes of... Le- if it, I mean, if we can bring in Boyce, that for me is definitely an improvement on McNulty and Grigg. Then you've got, obviously, uh, Bailey Wright, the centre-half who's meant to be coming in. He's Bristol's captain. He's an Australia international Um, he's only ever really played in the championship. So these are the types of signings that I I, I think we should be expecting. Like good players from a higher level who maybe have just, you know, not been lucky this season for whatever reason. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah. I think that's a good place to bring us on to a question from Justin Ludlow. Speaking of players which do or don't fit Parkinson's system, it is, why did Will Grigg never catch on fire?
0: Another, Another quite poetic one. We'll go to you, Sam. Um... I don't I don't think anyone can put the finger on it really I, I don't think we've ever particularly played to his strength but I can't also sit here and say he's never had chances and he's never had consistent game time and I remember before, even before we announced Partinson we sat here and we said one of the main jobs of the new managers to get Greg scoring because that could really kick us on and I feel like when Partinson came in, looking back now Maybe due to White being injured, he he did give uh, give Greg a constant run. Of f- I know the the football was a bit negative and stuff, but I don't know. I, I think it just comes down to confidence, really. But I think we can all agree that it just feels like will wherever he goes after us, he's, he's going to score loads of goals, isn't he? So I don't mm-hmm. think I think only Will Greg would really answer that. To I, be honest,
1: to be honest, I've, I've thought about this long and hard, and I think it's I think it's a lot to do with character, and I think there's a certain type of character that. That succeeds at Sunday, particularly strikers, yeah. because obviously all a striker is judged on is the goal-scoring record. Um, and that's why, with Greg, because he hasn't, he just for whatever reason, and I don't think it's been down to uh, not not being given a fair chance. Because like you say, when even when Partinson come in, he
2: probably got a run of eight games up front. Yeah. And he just didn't. He didn't do it. Going back to what you were saying right at the start like we're, when I've seen him since we bought him we're putting those early crosses in he's always just a step behind mm-hmm. and he's never he never just makes that little bit of extra effort I just so think, yeah. for me I think it's like you have seen there it's a totally a character thing for me and he's had the chances we've had so many different tactics so we can't mm-hmm. just say it's just not our tactics fitting him because we've probably tried every tactic going over the last year or so mm. it's just for him, I think it's a personality thing and it's a character thing and it's him and someone have just not clicked. And, and the weight of expectation because yeah. he's
1: coming for a big fee and everybody's expecting. I think he's he's at his other clubs, he's had a, a, a bit of luck in the sense that he's not really played for, and I don't mean to disrespect anyone he's played for previously, but he hasn't played for a club as big as this and he's come in for big money. Everybody, when we signed him, was up a height. And it can go one or two ways. Like the player can either buy right into it and think this is a really good chance for me to nail nail down, you know, a, a, a place in this club's history, effectively. Because mm-hmm. had had it, I, I genuinely feel that had he even semi adequately replaced Maga last season, we would have got promoted. But he wasn't able mm-hmm. to. Because we we were lacking that goal scorer, and I think he just didn't he didn't live up to it. He didn't buy into what it means to. And I, it sounds proper Geordie to say this, but he it, it, it didn't buy into what it means to be a Sunderland player. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's kind of why he, he's fell down. He hasn't got the mentality or the personality or the characteristics to be a success at Sunderland. And I think a, a little bit of it as well, from what I'm told, is that he uh, he doesn't live up in the northeast. He's commuting in from the northwest. That can't help. You know, he was kind of dragged out of bed, wasn't he, in the middle of the night yeah. to come and sign for us on deadline day last January. It just sums it all up, though, doesn't he? Yeah. Hasn't made that
2: commitment. He hasn't. Yeah, made that, uh...
1: I think I think players and <coughs> off-field personnel for you to be a success here, yeah, you have to. But you have to be here. You have to be living, breathing Sunland. Yeah, you know, and it. Difficult. It must be difficult. I mean, can you imagine traveling three hours, two and a well, half hours to He has not like the helicopter
2: like Michael Owen used to have <laughs> us. Oh, El Hajj Jufi had one of those, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's
1: like you, you just have to. I think when he, it's such a big move for him, he had he had to be more committed than he. Than he perhaps has been. Yeah, everything, often on the pitch.
3: Everything you can infer suggests that he isn't. Every, everything from obviously the fact that he commutes from the northwest, which it sounds like he was dragged out of bed on day one to get here, and he still is being dragged out of bed to get yeah. here. You know, he, he doesn't clearly want to, to really to really be here. Like not in the sense that obviously you you're alluding
1: to there, Gav. Like I think he's got he, like a young family, kids at school. It must be difficult. Yeah, I mean obviously, family becomes more important than than your job, regardless of whether you're a three million pound centre forward for some your family comes first. Mm-hmm. It just, maybe it was the wrong move yeah. for, for Greg and it, it was the right move for Sunderland and it was the right move for Wigan, but it wasn't the right move for the player mm-hmm. who obviously evidently it just hasn't worked yet. And, you know, the talk is that we don't want to send him to a League One rival, which to be honest, I don't think there's many teams in League One would be able to even afford a portion of his wages because mm-hmm. we aren't, that, that's the problem as well. Whoever was selling him, was going to have to take up a pretty large chunk of his money um, so you're looking then at League 2 teams with money and Swindon are desperate for a striker because they had Owen Doyle took off them uh, they, they were loaning Owen Doyle from Bradford who then managed to score 23 goals and Bradford were like oh hang on he's alright um, so they've him back
2: would we not do that with Greg and send him out on loan <laughs> for the rest yeah. of the season get his confidence up well, and then maybe bring him back I just back? don't think he's right for Sunderland I or- just think I think I think when
1: you're seeing them linked to Solfad and Swindon, who are League Two teams, kind of shows that a year ago he was a Championship player, and now he's being thought of maybe not even as good enough for League One. So Mm -hmm. I think if Solf the reckon Solfad are paying big money, players have just pulled in um, Andrade, haven't they from Lincoln? Yeah. Um, they've been paying big money to Rooney. Is it Rooney? Yeah. 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 I mean, he was playing for them in. in the In non-league, the con- wasn't yes. he? Yeah, and he the one from Aberdeen, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, and then the, they've obviously um, got Jack Baldwin, who I believe they pay all his wages. It's a lot so, of money for a League Two team though. We've got Beckham oh, money now
3: though. So that's it? Yeah. <laughs> I do, yeah. I um, mean they, they are the player thing of the class of ninety two, aren't they really solved yeah, City? Yeah, yeah, so, so
1: I mean if they can afford to pay his wages and it gets Grig back in the North West, then I'm sure he'll probably take it for the rest oh, of the season.
3: Oh yeah, that move wouldn't make a lot of sense. Because I'm I'm sure, uh, you know, if he's a lot more settled than a lot more, you know, perhaps the hype's died down a bit because he's had a not so successful spell at Sunderland. I think that would work out very well who, for all who, parties. Who, who
1: realistically is in for him? When you think about, it. I mean, Blackpool are in the northwest, but they've just signed Medina, haven't they? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't think they'll be in for him. No. Um, because they've then they've then got a pretty strong forward line. They don't really need Grigg. So then, who else is there? It's got to be a team over that side of the country who can afford to pay some of his wages. Yeah. I it, mean, it, it, it makes a lot of sense. South, isn't
3: it? That's it. I'd imagine that a settled Will Grigg in a system that plays to him would get you a lot of goals in league with too? less expectation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think they'll get you a lot of goals, but. No, I think just to maybe cap it off there, when I've watched him play as well, like you were saying, Dan, got your name right this time. You know, always a a bonus. When I've watched him play, and again, it comes back to the whole hitting early crosses, hitting, you know, balls over the top. And and yeah, you know, he's not that big. And yeah, he probably won't get the most of them, but he doesn't really commit. I I almost feel like, I think this season, not so much last season when he first came, but this one, when he obviously hasn't been as good statistically, you know, stats will show you as much, but sometimes he plays like the battle's already lost before he's really tried. Mm. Like, I think he knew, especially under Ross, that he wasn't playing in a system where a striker like him was really going to benefit. No, but I think because he knew that there was almost like a defeatist nature about him where i like, okay, the ball's over the top, center backs bigger than me could run a bit more, but nah, nah, why not? Just leave it. I'm not going to mm. get there. That, that's sort of how I felt. And I mean, obviously, you know, I, I don't, I don't own the bloke. I don't know how he thinks, so I can't presume that is how he thought, but, you know that—that's just how I felt. But uh, again, and like you said, Sam, even when he did, even when we did play the ball on the ground, he did miss some really good chances. Mm, yeah. I forget the game, but there was one where like Hugh made a great run through the middle, put a through ball in. You know, Will was Will Grig was first to it, and he and he hit it straight off straight off the keeper when he was one on one. And Is it's like great I think so. No, well I don't know. No, because it was at home. Oh, that's another one. then
1: <laughs> I wonder but, if you've got to kind of look at what made us. What was it what made him a success at Wigan, really? Like what what did Wigan do that we aren't mm-hmm. doing? And I, I do think a lot of it was because of the player he was playing alongside. He was mm-hmm. quite isolated playing for us, playing as a lone striker, whereas you look for Wigan he had uh, Nick Powell just playing off him, mm-hmm. who Nick Powell was Wigan's best player the whole time he was there. Yeah. Um occupying defenders as like a, a deeper line centre forward. And it it, it evidently because Grig was able just to find pockets of space and you know, gather loose balls and score tap-ins and what have you. Um whereas at Sunderland, you've especially under Ross, you've you've kind of seen Grig isolated, not getting players around him. We don't really play with a ten. Um Maguire does can play there, but hadn't I mean hasn't really played there for any great length. Mm-hmm. Um with with Grig especially. So I just don't think with one, we haven't really played to a style that suits him, but two um, I don't think he's made for us and I, th- I think like, if we can cut our losses and get rid of him in this window which I think is clearly, they're clearly trying to do because he wasn't even in the squad yesterday no. they're obviously trying to show him look you're not wanted then we have to do it and I think maybe for his sake I know it's, he has to swallow his pride a bit and accept I haven't been good enough and a drop down to a League 2 team where I'll probably get a, a consistent run of games score another 8 Nine goals, even at that level, before the end of the season, get minutes mm-hmm. under me belt, get myself sharp, fitter. Then I've got a better chance of finding a club in the summer. What, what better suits us? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the advice I would be giving him if, if he, you know, if I was his advisor. Yeah, we've got one more question then, just to cap it all off for today day, and it comes from oh, I can't get
3: the name. Here we are, Don Bright, who says a long way to go yet, but who do you think will get promoted in the top two spots and up through the playoffs? So obviously, you know, that maybe be quite hard to
0: call, but. Who are your three teams getting promoted? I think Coventry will definitely be up there. I feel like they're sort of hitting it every time I sort of look at results I'm thinking, how are Coventry doing Ipswich is a funny one because I think for me what I'll do with Ipswich is how what the game's like in a few weeks when we play them. If it's the same as a sort of Wickham where we are five times better than them, I think they'll drop out as well. It's really hard because last season you sort of I know I know it was it was hard to call last season, but you you had like three teams that were doing it every like week in week out. But now you you, you see, I think it was the table uh, before the game yesterday. I think it was ten points between first and fourteenth or something. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, you look you look at us. You you do um, seven games unbeaten, and more importantly, uh, three wins in a row, and you 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 go from fifteenth to 6th. So yeah. it's really hard to call. I, I would love to see us in second, but I don't want to get ahead of myself, so I think I think playoffs for us. But no, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> don't say that. You would have that. bit me hand off a few weeks ago for that.
3: No, honestly, I genuinely wouldn't have. Like, I, I, I do not want to step foot in Wembley ever again I'm, after the last season. I hate
0: London. I'm not going back. <laughs> I know you're <Yeah>, <laughs> probably going to shout at us, because my dad did when I said it yesterday. Uh,
3: no, I, no, I can't. The, the Michael cut out, There'll be no point. I can't. Shout internally. All yeah. I can
0: say is uh, sutherland Portsmouth playoff final. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've thought of it for a while but uh, it's, it's, it's nice to it get would, it, it, would be, it
1: it would be it would be like a coming back to the square one type thing wouldn't yeah. it yeah if they were yeah. filming
3: season three of the documentary oh, they'd it'd be lovely one. but they might do it if that happens it'd be that way well, just, just a one off like, yeah. like, like when did, like, <laughs> like the like movie <laughs> uh, ST, STID the movie <laughs> I don't know
1: I'm going for actually you know it I, before I do like I think it Goes back to something I said earlier. Depends how all, a lot of these teams fare in January. So if they, mm-hmm. if they come out of it on February first with um with with the squads intact or their best players intact, it make, it's going to make a huge difference mm-hmm. because unlike us, a lot of these teams don't have any real. I'm not saying we have depth, but I mean when you look at Wickham, for instance, who have, if if they lose one or two of other better players, they're really going to struggle to replace them. Even um, same with Oxford. So I think it depends what happens in January and it depends on, obviously, we're just coming into... We, we, it's a bit like we've just had a mini pre-season in the middle of the season. Um, mm-hmm. So we're kind of coming into our peak now, which is great, because a lot of teams will start to dip off, and they'll start to, you know, as the season wears on, more injuries, tired up legs, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I think, I do actually believe we'll finish top two. I'm just not convinced with the other teams in this league that there's enough quality there. And I think over the... I mean, what's left, there must be about... 20 games left I'm not sure but I mean I think over that run of games I just think we're going to pull out more wins than the majority of them up there Mm -hmm. Um, I agree with Sam that Coventry (sighs) will be up there I think they've got a better chance now than they've had in years of climbing back into the championship they're just so fluid on the ball quick Um, they've got a good manager but I think top two yeah I think it'll be us I still think that Ipswich will be in the mix but I don't know whether they're good enough for top two mm-hmm. um, so I think it'll be us and Rotherham as, as the automatically promoted teams either or for top or second I mean it's I think like like you said before we've got a Ipswich coming up we've got some difficult games that's going to de- depend on how obviously how well we play in those games where we finish but uh, those are the top two with uh, I think someone like Portsmouth winning the playoffs just because I just think that when it comes down to the nitty gritty they 've got the experience as a team in in these situations, same as Coventry to be fair Coventry under Robins have played at Wembley and won um I think but port Portsmouth are just i think sometimes when the big clubs get a bit of momentum behind them they're unstoppable and um Portsmouth are a fairly big club with plenty of experience
3: relative to league one yeah of course
1: yeah um with plenty of experience in 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 those situations um unlike us they've won at Wembley recently so I just, <laughs> <laughs> if we if we end up in the playoffs again, I don't fancy us just because it's Wembley and it.
3: Yeah, we we don't win there. No. I don't like London. I don't like Wembley. I don't like it. Dan, what do
2: you think? Um, I'm going to pretty much just echo what <coughs> I've said. I think uh, top two finish for Sunderland. I'm going to say we're going to win the league. Um, Rotherham in second place. I think they just as long as they keep their squad together, I think they're a, pretty much a shoe in for automatic promotion. I think they're one of the most impressive teams in League One this season. Yeah. Then for the playoffs, I think it's pretty. I mean. Like you were saying Sam, there's maybe fifteen teams that could end up in that sort of playoff scenario. There's not yeah. really any sort of team <clears> steamroll in the league this season. Um I know Ipswich have got quite a lot of young players, so it's whether they can uh, get any momentum behind them or whether their lack of experience is going to show. But I'm gonna say an Ipswich Coventry playoff final with Coventry winning, Sunderland winning the league, Rotherham second, there's my prediction. Mm. Mystic Mike. Meg. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good that mine was the same as yours I was going to say
3: but like with us second and Rotherham first so I suppose you're the optimist there Yeah, but I don't know Rotherham are just like the biggest yo-yo team like for those yeah. two leagues aren't you, they like, like them they're just, and Barnsley yeah they've yeah, yeah, the yeah. down every they, season literally yeah but like Rotherham are just like I think the worst though because like they always go up but like they, they mm-hmm. always
2: like plummet right back down like 12 point seasons yeah, they, had, they,
3: yeah. Have,
1: they have like really bad seasons when they go up don't they this, like, this, just, this season just feels a lot like the one under Keenan keen in the championship it's starting to shape up the same it's like if people people tend to forget this but we didn't actually play well until February under no. We were like 12th, 13th in the mm-hmm. league. Was that when he signed about 50 players in one day? No, that was the summer window. That, yeah, But yeah. in the January, yeah. he brought in um, Danny Simpson, he brought in Johnny Evans. Yeah. He just strengthened the core of the team and we went on a mad run of wins and it wasn't a particularly great league that season. The teams mm-hmm. who were up the top all fell away eventually. I think it was Preston and Birmingham, wasn't it? it uh, like I mean, we went into the final day where we might not, finish in the top
3: two I think no I think Birmingham went up didn't he, that season
1: yeah but I think they had to lose for us to win the league and they did they got beat um, but I remember that season there was just a clutch of teams who just a bit like this one nobody grabbing the bull by the horns mm-hmm. and Sunderland just quit, quit, well, came out of nowhere steamed in and um, and managed to win the league on the last day and that was, uh, I, you know, honestly if another season like that I don't care if it's league one I would love another <laughs> season like the Kane one well it, it does, it's just starting to shape up the same way would it like is. I say, a, a clutch of uninspiring teams All challenging for the same positions in the league Sunderland have got more muscle in the transfer window Than any other team in the league To Just through the sheer size of the club really And like back then If we can get the right players in And carry the run on that we're, we're in now um, I just don't see anybody stopping us And it's a it's it's a classic case of though it's Sunderland and you never know what's going to happen. Um, you never know, you know. But I'm 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 sat here right now after the last clutch of results, you can't feel anything but confident that we're capable
3: of it. Absolutely, and it is Sunderland. You know, we could go on now unbeaten and win the league. We could go on and get relegated. You never <laughs> know. Like, you know, yeah. it's, I mean, we're not going to get relegated, you know. Four um, weeks ago, it did, um,
1: did feel like a possibility. It,
3: it, it did. Like, it, it felt like, because you, you couldn't see improvement. You really couldn't. And again, that's why fans were so justified in wanting partners out. You could not see what was going on behind the scenes. You just saw a turgid team. If they mm. were still losing and drawn now, where would we be now? We'd, we could be like 20th, 21st. Oh, God. Well, I
1: remember thinking back then, <coughs> it, it felt a bit like, um, the situation Warsaw were in last season, where Warsaw were like they started like house on fire, and the, mm-hmm. everyone was like, "Oh, what are they doing in the top six? Mm-hmm. And they got relegated. Like yeah. it just it, it. I was at the time I was sitting there thinking, "Oh, this this sort of feels like what happened to them last year, mm-hmm. where they just dove off a cliff and and it, and it kind of you know went south very rapidly." Yeah,
3: I, I don't know what I would do if we had to watch London league two, but thankfully that doesn't seem like something that's, that's ever going to happen. Affair. Yeah, let's let's not end on that. No, like <laughs> I, I mean you're right you know it only feels like confidence and it does feel like the point in the keen season where they went from being a team that was i mean i mean as you say that that, that's a really good point i think people misremember the keen season almost like a mandela effect of he came (laughs) in then we just won everything and went up but like until january we were like Quite average as a team, we were mid table, we were like, 12, yeah, we, we were like. I, I, I remember it, I remember we played teams like, um, like Coventry and Plymouth, and we just weren't very
1: good. I, I remember that season, it was my first one as a season ticket holder, drawing games at home, which we should have been winning and stuff. Like, yeah, it was clear he was it, it was a it was kind of like that summer was so strange for us. We started mm-hmm. so poorly and then brought in all these random players, and it yeah. just took a while to click, and it did click eventually. Yeah, and that's the feeling I'm getting at the minute.
3: Well, it's it's a it's a great feeling to have, I think, yeah. because obviously we're if we've been here before, we know how it ends, and it ends very well for Sunderland. Anyway, we're going to finish there. We're going to have our predictions for the Doncaster game, but first of all, we have another competition announcement. It's been a while since I've done one of these. Earlier this week, our friends at Flatback 4 offered one of our listeners the chance to win an embroidered SEFC t shirt. After hundreds of entrants, I am pleased to announce the winner is someone by the Twitter handle of at Sammy underscore KX1994. So, congratulations, Sammy. Please Emma, send us a DM at the Rock Report podcast with your contact details and you shall receive that gift. I've
1: anyway. Got one myself. Yeah,
3: Very nice. I've got yeah. one for you actually. Why oh, you do I, don't yeah. I was to give you. I should have brought
1: it. I, should have, I should have. Well, to be fair, like that, that's you've had that for like ages <laughs> it's now. It's been sitting in my cupboard in the plastic yeah. wrap for months. Uh,
3: well, well never Well, you know that's a nice little promo, yeah. So yeah, no,
1: but I've got one. It's nice, nice, uh, really good quality T-shirt. Yeah,
3: um, I'll have one soon as well. Yeah, and by soon, I mean in, you know in the year twenty twenty three when Probably. Gav comes on the podcast next and brings it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, anyway. <laughs> so um, we'll finish with our predictions for the Doncaster game. So we're all on a bit of a high from the recent results. Give us your score predictions and who you think will score for the lads. We'll start with you, Dan.
2: I'm going to go 2-0 and I'm going to say Maguire for both. Ooh,
0: it's all right. Take that, happily. Sam? Um, I, I'm going to go optimistic. I just think the biggest thing for me uh, with the results recently is the the change in how I've felt personally about going to the matches. I was at one of the lowest points like uh, about a month ago where you just... I remember we didn't have a game, I don't know if there was an international break or something. It was the first time ever that I was quite relieved. Whereas now I'm looking forward to going to the game. I woke up on Saturday thinking, Oh good game today. So I think the home fans will be well up for it on Friday night. It's always it's always nice at the stadium under the light, so I'm gonna go three 0 I think we'll I think we'll score early on and sort of You'll see hints of what happened um, against Wickham. I think uh, I think we'll get two in the first half, one in the second. I think or nine will score a header. Specific? I know. I think Maguire will score and Gooch screamer again. Nice. Gav? Um I think
1: it'll be another clean sheet. I just I think when your defence is confident, they're quite hard to stop. And I just, the way they're playing at the minute, I just can't say anything other than another clean sheet. But I think it might be a little bit tighter this one. Mm-hmm. I still go two 0 I think we'll. I think we'll win two 0 But I just don't think it'll be a, a cake walk. I think it'll be a little bit more difficult than the yeah. last couple of home games, just because. Having said that, I said the exact same thing last year when we played them at home and they were crap. Doncaster and were bad. Oh, them. they were crap. They were. So, Charlie so White bad. played like drug by that day.
0: Yeah, he did, yeah. didn't he? Didn't he? Um, that was on like, Good Friday, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was I mean, Morgan scored a volley or something. Didn't yeah. It? yeah. yeah. Every,
1: every time I watched Doncaster, every time we play them, sorry going into the game, I'm not very confident and then we just seem to like, like, we dusted them over Christmas. It's like...
3: Yeah, I think we're their bogey team, you know, because like, I think if we if we were to beat them next week, that's, you know, every time we've played them over the last two seasons, that's four wins if we were to beat mm. them because yeah. every time we have played them, you're right, I think they've always been a formidable team but then we've always just been better.
1: Just, they've not lived up to the hype yeah. going into the game. They've not turned up any of the um, games. So I really think, you know, fingers crossed touch wood and all that, I think, I hope that... The same sort of Doncaster team turn up on uh, Friday. Have we conceded to them yet?
0: Yes. Y- last game? Yeah, yeah. 2 yeah. 1, oh, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, 2 yeah. so 1. It was 2 what? 2 nils and a 2 1. Mm-hmm. Well, the,
1: the home game last season, I remember going into it, everyone was like scared of John Marcus because yeah. he was a. Uh, Banging really, Yeah yeah and he he was useless. He didn't know did he? I That's think terrible. I think it was was it Oz Turk who had him in his back pocket? Yeah, probably. So. But that was a time as
3: well when we just brought Oz Turk back into the fold when our like last biding memory of him was when he like, left <laughs> yeah. to Forestry everything on goal against You must Wednesday be feeling
1: fully Cup. vindicated at the minute by the way because you've always been his number one fan, haven't you? Uh,
3: honestly, I I've been felt more validated in my entire life like I think what started out is like the same kind of like ironic veneration I had for Cabral has become this like god worship <laughs> of our wonderful Turkish center back.
1: He does. I He's I actually,
3: was actually it, Dutch. I, I only recently found yeah, out. Yeah. He's living Turkish.
1: Born and raised in, 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 but I think by a Turkish family. Yeah. Very Turkish. Yeah. I think he'd done a program interview once where everything the answer everything was Turkey. It was like, what's your favorite? <laughs> <of Turkish laughs> did didn't did What's your favorite drink? Turkish coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your favorite place to go? Turkey. Yeah. He just loves <laughs> Turkey. <laughs> <Favorite> <laughs> <place to go? laughs> I love um, that. I think I wrote yeah, something I about him that. the other week where he was like, he just it just dawned on us. I was like, you know, we don't actually talk about the fact he's playing all right. Like. Yeah, He's kind of just went on the radar, are not he? Because he's he's very no nonsense. I feel like while I mean, like what
3: Lynch gets plauded for, like he has those like Rolls Royce moments where he just like does like a turn and just like Megs two mm. players and then puts the ball in Willis. I think's um, very good at uh, everything. It, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Willis is just great. Like I think he's he's my sign of the season so far. I yeah. think he's absolutely mint. But yeah, Turk just does his job, which is a lot more simple, I think, than Lynch and Willis is on paper and what you expect. But it's just so effective. You it know, what I mean. The, the 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 two clean sheets that the the sheer lack of goals we've let in is due in large part to him is, as much as the other two hmm. but maybe again, not in
0: front of goal might make a mistake in front
3: of oh goal. no I I mean like when he's doing it where what well, you know I mean if he scores it's a lovely bonus thankfully yeah. we've got players like Gooch for that but yeah anyway um if I'm gonna give mine my two pennies worth I think Doncaster are the the, the the best team in the league that we've played since we played Doncaster. To be honest with you, I think looking back at them, obviously it's you know it's only been a month and a half since we well not even that's been a month, hasn't it? Since yeah, it was them? after Christmas,
1: wasn't it? Yeah, it's been, it's been yeah. uh, it's it's Just this mo- it's been a weird month to be fair. Yeah, I mean.
3: it has. It's it's been a, it's been a weird time. It feels like a lot longer, but yeah, I think I think again on paper they are a good side, and I I, I will always have my reservations about playing them if they. Have the quality they have. Obviously, last season, though, as Gav said, there they were a bit of a joke when we did play them. They just didn't turn up at all. Um, they gave us they gave us a decent performance when we went there away, and that was the first win under the the, the new Parkinson like burst of form, wasn't Parkinson it? Parkinson two point oh. Yeah, I, I went into that game thinking, oh, we could Gabs like, hoofed here because of the way we've been playing. Yeah. You know, we're not going to score. We couldn't score against Bolton, but we're on
1: the bottom going in that game, weren't we? As, well, as a, like in terms of. Uh, you know the way we were feeling. Oh, very much so.
3: Yeah, absolutely. But no, I think again, I think it'll be tighter because I think this is a, this is the better. The, you know, in in twenty twenty, this will have been the best team we've played at home. You know, obviously beating off stiff competition against Lincoln and Wickham. But I, I think I think they'll make it trickier for us than those two did. I think it'll be two one. Uh, I think we're going to get a goal from Gooch again, and I think we'll get one from Lafferty. I hope so. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. when we had Keith nice. Downey on last week I mean, I, I, I don't profess to be Carl um, Lafferty's biggest fan or follower But Keith said he'd watched him quite a lot And he was a player who would always turn up with a goal When he needed one mm-hmm. You know, like when you need to want to step up with a plate Big player. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a big game player in more ways than one he's
1: played for Rangers, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know yeah. I, don't, I know what people laugh at the Scottish League But that's a team who are expected to win every game mm-hmm. in, in front of 50-odd thousand people It's like That's, yeah. as, that's like playing for Sunderland under Newcastle It's like it's a big expectation yeah.
3: and. You know, you, you you do you get if if you're Rangers or Celtic, you get big fixtures. You get the old firm. You get you get European regular games. cup finals. You do, yeah, it's like yeah. You get a lot of big occasions, and and that's the kind of character. Someone who can weather those storms is what you need. I think that's a good place to leave it for today. So, thank you very much as always for listening, and thank you always to our host for our venue, Sunland University. Make sure to get the latest Walker Report podcast as soon as they're released to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen. We also have Aircast, We have them on YouTube.
1: That oh, might be a good chance to plug the WhatsApp service as yeah, well. Yeah, right? I was about yeah. to say that
3: as well. Roka Report, Roka Report, not the report. The mothership, the Roka Report, has recently launched a new WhatsApp service. So you can stay up to date with all our content instantly on your mobile phone, cellular device. You know this is so like mechanically written here. I'm just reading the <laughs> script there. Uh, for further details on how to get involved, please head over to any of our social media pages or RookerReport.com to find out a lot more. There, it's it's pretty straightforward. Uh, so I've been you, told.
1: Yeah, you, you just add the number and text the words Rooker It's all right, isn't it? and uh, from there on, you'll be added to our broadcast list, and you get all the latest news articles, podcasts, etc. Straight at your phone rather than having to go looking yeah So we're just making your lives easier basically
3: exactly yeah so you know next time you propaganda think, oh, oh, <laughs> guess what i've not heard in a while the the awful dulcet tones of the roca rapport boys well
1: it's right there for you on your phone just you know <laughs> you know help who you. knows people might be listening to this now who actually never listened to the podcast before just yeah from the because within the first hour and a half of craig launching it mm-hmm. we had over a thousand people texting that's all right so i'm gonna guess a fair portion of them weren't there uh, when previously listeners.
3: No. So if well, you're not, hello. Yeah, hello. And uh if you made yeah. it this far. Yeah, um yeah, if you have made it this far, then you know that's a real test of your resolve. I couldn't listen to me for that long, but you know, <laughs> thank you. Anyway, it's, but as obviously it's not all about me. Thank you, of course, to my guests who've come in the studio today. Thank you, Gav, for no making your rare return. Always yeah, appreciated. No problem. Yeah, thank you, Sam. Thanks very much. Enjoyed it. Aye. Eh? Aye, and thank you, Neil.
1: I'm offering a pink slice. <laughs> yeah, well. You'd be called Dan once you eat one of them. Yeah, yeah. We'll exactly. let you have your
3: real name back. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's almost like, it's like a Snickers advert, is it? You know, like he has one bite of pink slice and he's, he's back to being Dan. So it's, it's, all, it's all good stuff. That's a good time for me to stop talking. Um, see you next week, hopefully, after a wonderful win under the floodlit stadium light. Thank you and good night.